<laughs> Playing, waiting, waiting, waiting on the music. I guess there's just no music today, folks. Welcome to Broken Shuffle, homesteading for a sustainable future. Uh, today, date of release is October 31st, Halloween. Uh, and that is the, our starting point for this episode. We will be talking about holidays, uh, kind of looking back at their pagan roots, and uh, following them through to the modern uh, circumstances, we'll call it. Yeah. Good morning, Eric. How are you? I am good, Lucas. How are you? I am okay. It's cold in my office, but other than that, and it's snowing, sort of. Uh, um, here. See, I've I've warmed up too much for for snow. I'm just getting rain. Oh, okay. No, we're 35 degrees last checked. Yep. So. Nope. I'm still up at. I think we got down to 40. What? 38. 38. I think was my low last night, and then we're up to. Looks like. 47 maybe i don't know i need gla i need glasses i can't see that far <laughs> my digital thermostat actually will tell me what the outside temperature based on one of the local weather stations is oh, that's cool that's cool. yes it is nice little, little uh, things about the modern technology that is nice <laughs> well we're gonna be uh talking about halloween are you are you a halloweeny I, you... I, I I like Halloween, but now that the kids are grown up, it's kind of like more like yes, I love Halloween, but I'm just going to do absolutely nothing in regards to it. Yeah, no, it's it, Halloween is fine. There's some good stuff on the TV, uh, but for the most part, we don't really do anything. Uh, we were looking, you know, in my research for this episode, I think we're going to do uh, carved turnips next year. Yes. They yes, are terrifying. They are terrifying. <laughs> Neither of us they... like turnips. And I know that's going to go against everything I've, I've said about, uh, actually, I don't mind turnips and some stews uh, about food waste associated with the holidays, but yeah. we will ruin Halloween. Yes. Any minute now. Halloween, more like Halloween. I'm embarrassed for that. Yes. Not for you. That's your own responsibility. But I'm embarrassed. Yeah, you should. You, you can be. You're not, a, you're not a dad. You don't get. To, you don't get the dad joke. I. You know, I can. I, I could if I wanted to, but you could if you wanted to. Yes, yes. But it's it's one of those. It's a badge. It becomes a. It becomes a way of life. <laughs> oh man so let's let's kind of start with the uh sort of pagan origins of uh you know we can start with halloween uh but i've also got information on easter valentine's and christmas because i i sort of uh pinpointed those as probably some of the more wasteful um and mm. more yep. universal i didn't really want to look into things like fourth of july i didn't think that was yeah, really relevant I... that's something we can talk about in july yes. um yep. so where would you like to start out of those holidays well, eric well we'll start let's actually let's do everything but halloween to start and then we'll okay. we will we will go All to right. halloween then all right, yeah, and and sort of pagan rituals, and I'm just going to kind of read these off uh, my notes here. Uh, so December 25th is the winter solstice. It's the shortest day of the year in the northern hemisphere. And for many pagan cultures, the winter solstice was a time to celebrate the rebirth of the sun as the days began to lengthen again. Uh, so the, yes, oh, and I'm already looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. uh, 
it was eventually incorporated into Christianity, and the birth of Jesus Christ was placed on this date. Um, and many of the Christmas traditions we celebrate today, like decorating trees and exchanging gifts, have their roots in pagan celebrations of the, of the winter solstice. Um, it, and, and, and this this sort of um, uh, ac- acquiring these holidays for Christianity uh, is something, you know, I don't want to get too mired down in, but this is a theme. This is, this is what happens. Uh, it was part of, you know, t- uh, taking over a culture uh, with a dogmatic principle. Yep. It um, goes, it re- a theme in a lot of these, I've noticed it goes from the old pagan rituals and festivals to Christians taking it and doing their thing with it. To uh, to about to the 1950s and the rise of suburbia and b- very much the commercialization of a lot of this stuff because in the 50s and 60s we had the rise of Mike of plastics which yep. allowed for the very much the commercialization of all of these holidays much more and it's also the rise of suburbia the family the nuclear family stuff and having those nuclear family traditions. Yep. Yeah, and, and plastics were cheap, easy to, to manufacture. Pretty much anybody could get into business making Christmas decorations. Uh, you know, uh, it was very easy, and, and plastics are still very inexpensive, and um, mm-hmm. they don't go away. No, um, they don't. We, we, we have a comment on that at the very end of the show. Yes. Uh, Easter. Well, it, Easter does move around a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. It falls within a few weeks of the spring equinox, and it's the time to celebrate the rebirth of nature and the return of fertility. Uh, mm-hmm. Many pagan cultures, the spring equinox was a time to celebrate the goddess Ostara, the goddess of spring and fertility. Uh, Easter traditions we celebrate today, such as egg hunts and eating chocolate bunnies, have their roots in the pagan celebrations of the equinox. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, one of the biggest things I think about in plastic in the holidays is um, the, the, those little eggs that oh, they would the put candy eggs. in. Yeah, yes. the little plastic eggs. And I can only... <laughs> how many tons of those little plastic eggs do you think have not ever been found? <laughs> God, <laughs> By so children. Many- I so actually a funny story about that. Uh, so b- back when I was a kid, we used to always go down to my grandmother's. When my mom, when my mom had Easter off, we would go down to my grandmother's for Easter, mm. um, and we would have the big egg hunt down there. And and we had years where we would we we'd go down at least once a month and visit. Uh, we would get into October, December. And still be finding like little chocolate eggs or the little plastic <laughs> eggs themselves hidden yeah. around that we had missed. Yeah, because nobody's auditing the Easter hunt, right? You know, <laughs> so. no, except for except for the year that my my brother in law and sister did it, and they actually did do that. Cause, but they also had like an a quote unquote adult Easter egg hunt where they had money and what nips. Hidden oh, in little the liquor eggs. bottles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yeah, so then they, they, they were very meticulous about making sure they had a list of where every single egg was. Very much like the Bob's Burgers uh, Easter egg hunt episode. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> well, let's, let's move on from cartoons. Yes, that is that is interesting though. That you know that uh, you know that again our our anecdotal evidence, folks. This is we are not scientists. We just remember stuff. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Valentine's Day, February the fourteenth. Uh, uh, it's the feast day of Saint Valentine, right? A Christian martyr. Uh, the origins of Valentine's Day as a romantic holiday can be traced back to the pagan Roman festivals of Lupercalia, uh, a fertility festival that was celebrated on February 15th, uh, during which men would sacrifice goats and then use the, go- uh, use the goats' hides to whip women. Um, and <laughs> it was believed to increase fertility and promote childbirth. Um, and eventually, uh, Lupercalia was Christianized. It became Valentine's Day, uh, a holiday dedicated to uh, less whipping. Less whipping, uh, <laughs> more more about the mar- the martyr. And then it got to, then it got commercialized, and now it's about love and romance. Right, and um, balloons and yeah, balloons um, and chocolates and flower arrangements and going out to dinner and treating your someone special. Blah 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 yeah. blah blah blah. blah. <laughs> so blah, blah, I have blah. these three holidays and. Uh, the last one, uh, kind of the main subject uh, for today, is Halloween. Uh, so, Halloween, October 31st, the date of release of this, right, uh, yes. is Samhain, the Celtic New Year, which is a time to celebrate the harvest and to honor the ancestors. And, oh, my God, did you see that harvest moon last night, Eric? I did. Uh, I, it was a little cl- – it was – I saw it – I had a better look at it on – Friday evening when I was leaving Home Depot, it was a little mm-hmm. behind the clouds, but I could just be, I could just look and go, "That's a pretty big moon." Yeah, and it then, was stellar. Then, and then I was about night. it, and then it, and then it got up high, and it was just really, cl- cl- it wasn't as big, but it was just, a, it was very clear because we just had that cold front push in last mm-hmm. night that yep. made for a very clear night. Yeah, it was gorgeous, and of course, it doesn't photograph, right? No, um, of course not. So anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, it was believed that on this night uh, of, of where they would celebrate the harvest and honor the ancestors, uh, that the veil between worlds of the living and the dead was thin, and spirits could cross over into our world. Uh, it eventually evolved into Halloween with its tradition of trick or treating, carving pumpkins, and telling uh, ghost stories. Uh, and, yeah, and uh, it really came. It, so the 1800s, when it was started in America, it was very much community gatherings, the storytelling and whatnot. And it was actually the uh, throughout the mid to mid 1800s, early 1900s, that it was the influx of Irish immigrants that was oh. the big driver of the more celebration of Halloween in America or the old the pagan side of it. Okay, well. Go white people, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, there's there's a bunch of other holidays um, that are pagan in in their roots, uh, like May Day, Midsummer, and Beltane. But they're just not popular uh, mm-hmm. greeting card holidays. I, I like no. to call them. Um, and you know, like we celebrate Christmas in a way. We exchange gifts and and things like that. But there's no Christianity to it, um, but it's you know it's a nice time to give each other a gift, and and we generally do our best to like make them, but yeah, um, yeah uh, 
the waste uh, 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 and plastics and everything else. Um, you have hey, some you're numbers hating on, you're on hating that. You're on Christmas now. What is that? Huh? You're hating on Christmas there. I... You're, 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 you're shifting holidays on us. I'm sorry. Okay. Halloween. Yes, Halloween. Remember, Halloween is the topic. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Yes, it is. But I mean, yeah. But so uh, I, I kind of wanted to go a little more, a little longer into the history of the stuff and what actually brought about the wasteful holiday that we have today. Okay, let's get into so, it. So yeah, so like we had the eighteen hundreds, like the community gatherings and stuff. The rise of there was a little bit of trick or treating, but it was very more of a community thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and then into the early nineteen hundreds, nineteen twenties, tens and twenties, it was actually very much a adult holiday. Part, the, uh, holiday, where the adults would party with lots of costumes and da 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 da. It wasn't until the the twenties and thirties that you saw a more rise in the trick or treating and kid friendly, less gory and scary, um, which also led to like the fall of the gore and scary in the kind of for the kid friendly half led to a rise in haunted attractions. Oh, okay. Yep. And then it wasn't until after World War II, because during World War II there was the sugar rationing and whatnot, uh, very much kind of dampered Halloween. And then it was after World War II and the kind of the boom of the rise of suburbia um, and pl plastics becoming widely used and available that brought about the boom that we have now. And actually, so another one, the uh, the jack-o'-lanterns didn't become a thing until the 60s. Really? Yep, because that was when the, uh, that's when the first, when the, uh, uh, the I can't remember the guy's name, but bred the first actual jack-o'-lantern pumpkin. Huh. So that explains the prevalence in, like, the Charlie Brown spe cartoon <laughs> special and, and things like that. Yes. Okay. Yep. All right. But yeah, that's that's pretty much the history, and it's very much you can correlate the rise of it and the trick or treating and the commercialization with the rise of suburbia, which we talked about during the lawn care episode mm -hmm. of this boom of suburbia. Because prior to that, it was more common to have it was more of an, a, a the cities you saw the trick or treating and stuff less so in the small urban communities urban communities you more likely see the community gatherings and whatnot right right now you know uh you know in the rural areas that we live we don't really i don't get trick-or-treaters no i don't get trick-or-treaters i uh back when when i i, I used to own i uh, when i was a kid we would only get trick-or-treaters of me and my sister's friends <laughs> Right, yeah. Now it's this trunk or treat thing, which trunk or uh, treat. Well, we had in Sharon actually right on fourteen. It was very common. It still is. I mean, it's less common now. Like it was very much dying out when I took my kids trick or treating uh, along along fourteen. But you, we would start at one end of fourteen where the first house is, and the speed limit drops down to thirty five, mm. uh, and then go all the way down to where the midway station is. And we'd hit just about every house along that way would be doing trick-or-treating that night. Okay. I know Norwich still does a pretty heavy uh, trick-or-treat. Yep. Um, but they have a very uh, a very foot-traffic-friendly community. Yes. Hartford has it. Uh, Queechee has it, actually. A lot of the uh, condominium areas, oh, yeah. uh, the cul-de-sac areas have very much. I did that with the kids one year. So much candy. Oh, Wow. I like candy. 
Yeah, I like candy too. I like that's why I plan this week. I plan on going shopping on Wednesday. Yep. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Get those sale prices. Oh uh, yes. So let's talk about plastic here. Plastics. Yes. So I have a t- study from 2022 uh, from the environmental group Hubbub. Mm-hmm. Um, An estimated 2,000 tons of plastic waste is generated from disposable Halloween costumes per year. Yep. So I found that a big number was uh, that uh, consumers will are only going to reuse 32 percent of decorations, costumes, etc., year to year. So that means 70 percent of people are going to just keep. They just buy the same stuff every year mm-hmm. rather than reuse it. I mean, I still have pumpkin stuff from when I was a kid because, yeah, they're plastic, but they're good. They last for freaking ever. Yeah. When you say pe- uh, pumpkin stuff, you mean like carving? Those yeah. like toolkits? Okay. Like the scoops and little yep. saw and little stabbers. Yeah. All <laughs> um. Uh, our our friend and neighbor who's at the house right now, uh, she uh, her daughter is going to be a Ghostbuster uh, nice. to, for her trick or treating, um, and it's a trunk or treat over at the elementary school. But yeah, um, they it makes sense for Vershire. The yeah that yeah yeah this whole area it's too rural, but yeah. um, uh, <clears throat> that costume is borrowed from another neighbor who just has like bins of costumes for their daughters that they have thrifted and you know so it's it you know there's there's a way to do this and you know and there Meg- is in vermont you see it i i, I want to say vermont and new hampshire i saw this much more than i did at the few years i was in texas doing it of the thrifting side of halloween the reusing of costumes yeah. and whatnot Whereas Texas, it was very much a buy, 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 buy. Right, or yeah. Or buy and new, and buy new, not year. reuse. Yep. Yeah. And I guess the big hot costume in Norwich this year is those inflatable battery-powered uh, costumes where you can be, like, the T-Rex. Uh, uh, oh, uh, yeah, like but there's that. so many of them now. Like, there's a Buzz Lightyear one. Right. There's, like, there's a d- bunch of them, which is... there. I just... I... I, I, I couldn't find good information. I wanted to find, like, information about those costumes mm-hmm. and the inflatables in general because you're just see- – because we're seeing a boom in these inflatable decorations as well. Right. And I couldn't find good information on what's causing this boom if it's – my, my theory wants it to be that there are – manufacturers that see the writing on the wall and are shifting to a more synthetic fabric based decorations over oil petroleum based plastics but that's my tinfoil hat like i hope well i hope yeah so the same study from hubbub in 2022 found that 83 percent of materials used in costumes from 19 different supermarkets and retailers 
was oil-based plastic likely to end up in a landfill. The most common plastic polymers used in Halloween costumes are polyester and nylon, which we know can take hundreds of years to decompose, if they decompose at if all. If they decompose at all, yeah. Uh, so in addition to costumes, though, Halloween also produces a significant amount of plastic waste from candy wrappers mm-hmm. uh, and decorations, right? So, and according to the National Retail Federation, America's, Americans spent an estimated $2.6 billion on candy for Halloween in that year, 2022. So, uh, you know most of that year? candy is wrapped in plastic. Let me hold on. The equivalent of plastic from the candy wrappers alone is 83 million plastic bottles. See, I, you ruined the momentum <laughs> on that. That Because it was like, my the, my number was for the candy. <laughs> I ruined no. it. <laughs> Yeah, I ru- you ruin the because because after you go into like how much plat waste it is, it kind of ruins my number of that this year they're going to spend three point three point six billion on candy. No kidding. Yep. So it's so got up. I, I can't figure out how they come up with these numbers because like this, the 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 article I read was that it was going to Americans were going to spend nearly thirteen billion on holiday, Halloween related spending this year with. Only four billion in costumes and decorations, and three point six billion in, in candy, which is like, well, where's the other four billion getting spent here, people? Like, it, 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 it mentions nowhere where the other four billion is getting spent, hmm. and I'm just like, I, I really wonder where that other four billion is getting spent because it's like, they say four billion, but they they they're thirteen billion, but then they lose four billion somewhere in the numbers. Ah, uh, could it be like uh, makeup and fake blood and? And... No, that comes into costumes and decor. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I can't think of anything. Next, I, I expected be... it to like be like four billion in costumes, four billion in decorations, and then three point six billion in candy. Like that would make sense. Okay, but they yeah. definitely every article I saw did not phrase it. They phrased it as four billion on costumes and decor. Huh. Well, vague numbers. Fake numbers. Yeah, it's all about. Yeah, it's yeah. Blah blah blah. But yeah, so I also noticed that uh, it's so in recent years in po- go post pandemic years is Halloween is began becoming more of an adult themed holiday again. Oh my god, walk around spirit Halloween. That's not for kids. No, that's not for kids because it's becoming because it's about uh, a lot of the article, a number of articles I read. It's about the social media presence. It's about <laughs> showing off. It's about making up for the fact that they couldn't do Halloween in 2020 and 2021. And and they're just having this boom and this scare of like wanting to be like, hey, and also the one-upping their neighbor, one-upping the guy on social media right. and, and the like. And it's very much becoming more of like, yeah, a it's like the old decor, decoration competitions on Christmas. It's just now Halloween as well, which is... I really had a hard time finding a lot of articles that actually pointed out how much the commercialization of Halloween has become. Well, you don't want to, you know, uh, the media and reporting doesn't want us to talk about that nope. and and the negative sides of spending money. Uh, yep. You know, they want to, you know, they're they're telling us. The, you know, and I want. Again, they're talking about the twelve foot, the, the twelve foot skeleton from exactly. Home Depot. Yeah, and you know, Tractor Supply oh. has a ten foot skeleton if you're on yeah. a budget. Well, um, they're saying they're saying well because the the twelve foot skeleton sold out. The best alternative is the thirteen foot thirteen foot Jack Skellington. Right. One. Yep. And it's uh, just like, 
It's just like, and it, seven articles, at least, just about this 12-foot skeleton with the stupid skateboard. Yeah. And it's like... Yep. like you mean seven and, commercials. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. So I found another one interesting about uh, Spirit Halloween, which everyone all of, on Reddit and everyone jokes about. I like Spirit Halloween. The uh, it, it occupies the corpses of, of of failed retail outlets. Yes, it does. Yeah. But yeah, so Spirit Halloween operates from July. Uh, some of the earlier stores open as soon as July, but every single one closes on November second on the nose. Wow. And then yeah, they uh, they they have fifteen hundred retail locations in twenty twenty in twenty twenty two, with uh, they have their their growth in the last twenty years has been ten times, which they actually then they didn't actually give numbers. They just said that yeah, they've had ten times growth over the last twenty years. Jesus, that's insane. Yep. It's yep. And they're they, and they're very they are between them, and Home Depot. Well, Lowe's, Walmart—they—they they are pushing this increased commercialization of Halloween. That's very upsetting. It's—it's it's all very upsetting. <laughs> it is. It is. Like I want to go back to. I want to see. I would love to see more of the 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 community side of of Halloween come back again. Because I mean, in in sharing, it comes in waves. Because we have years where, like when I was a kid, there was a few years where there was a bunch of people that really wanted it to happen, and we had a very a Halloween kind of community gathering at the school. And then right. when I was gr- with the kids growing up and run and helping run Girl Scouts, I helped drive a few years of having this celebration, and we did okay. But it very as soon as I stopped doing or putting the effort in. Uh, nobody else stepped up to take it over until this the past couple of years where somebody else has now taken it up and is doing a lot with it. And I bet you as soon as they have their kids age out, it'll probably die off again. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, where I grew up, you know, and it was, you know, the early, you know it was a long time ago. Um, it was a big deal. Halloween was a big deal, but I, you know, parts of where we would go to was very walkable. Yeah, um, and, and I think when growing with my kids, it, it was very much apparent that like, when I was growing up, we used to. I remember remember seeing at least every single one of my classmates walking at some point up and down the road. Right. And whereas now, or when I was taking my kids in elementary school, uh, it was very much there was probably only about. A dozen, maybe two dozen of us that really went, and ironically enough, a lot of the, it was a lot of the the families of people that I went to school with that have come back were the ones doing it more so than the ones that were new families to the town. I would love to hear from people listening about what it's like in their communities because you know we live in very specific kinds of communities yeah um and I, i'm curious if just you know outside of our purview if if it is very different mm-hmm. um uh, i would love to hear from people uh, about how the holidays uh if if they are still as community-based or are we so biased that we're only seeing the commercialization and plastic yeah um okay i've got some scary climate facts for halloween 
All and then right. I think we're going to get to our uh, yeah. our email from Jessica. And, yes. uh, and oh, do we want to do we want to comment on uh, on on Otis? That was a hell of a hit, man. That was a that... Cat, it hit, it made landfall as a Cat Five, which is one of the biggest to hit Mexico in. Of I don't remember the last time a Cat Five hit well, the uh, more West, than uh, yeah. More than anything, this is the fastest a storm has developed to that catastrophic level. Yeah, of, it was of, twenty-four of to forty-eight hours that it, it, it boomed. Yeah, and it it really hit. You know, um, of course, it didn't hit the United States, so not a lot no. of people are talking about it. But it hit Acapulco. Yes, Acapulco is a very tourist yes. tourist area, and this is why we're it's why we're hearing so much about it. Yeah, is because. They're estimating it's going to be like what five billion to clean up the resort yeah. town. Uh, I saw the flybys and the all the gorgeous hotels. Like the pools are all filled with murky sand, yep. and like the windows on the on every single building are completely blown out. Blown out. Yeah, and like like the trees made it through all right. The lawns made it through all right, ironically <laughs> enough. But the pools are definitely filled with this like this murky green, blue, dark blue water, and yeah, yeah the windows are all blown out. Great, yeah, just uh, it, it just ter- like if that had hit Orlando, Miami, um, Miami, uh, it, you know anything on the East Coast, uh, mm-hmm. the Southern United States, it would have, uh, you know, we'd be still talking about it. And, We'd still be talking about, it, but it's it's very much I we we I keep talking about it and like we we should expect these storms to hit. Like we got lucky with the one that hit Florida this year that ended up only being what a cat two or cat three when it made yeah. landfall, and in a and, pretty sparse area too. It wasn't in a very sparse area. It's very yeah, a very narrow track. Whereas like if we get a good cat five, it's gonna it's gonna hit hard, and it's uh... coming. Yes. Winter it's winter is coming, but this time it's super storms. Super storms are coming. Yes. Um all right, so I've got six scary facts about climate change. All right. And it's nothing we haven't said before. I'm just saying them right. in a row. So, uh cl- climate change could be irreversible. Global bo- global, bo- global boiling. <laughs> that, ma- that makes it sound scary. We'll call it six facts about global boiling. Boiling. Um climate change could be irreversible by 2030. And it appears we're on a very fast track to make that true. Green cat, green, because this uh, a fact number two, greenhouse gas levels are at an all-time high. And because of that, more than one million species face extinction across the globe. Uh, it's creating a refugee crisis. Our oceans are dying. And we use more of the Earth's resources than it can renew. Happy Halloween, <laughs> God, what was the one I saw recently about how uh, there's there's major concerns like right now it's the Mississippi, but they're also worried about the Rio and the Colorado, all because they're running so low. Um, is that the uh, sa- the salinization of our fresh water? Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. uh, there were problems in the Panama Canal this year as well because yep. uh, of drought. Yep, yep. Uh, the locks so. locked. The locks locked up. <laughs> Let's talk rivers next week. Uh, yeah, we didn't I really like talk that. about that before the show, but no. I think I think rivers is a good one. I like that. Yeah. Um, okay, we'll discuss the ecosystem, how important they are, and uh, uh, 
you know what's what's happening that that you know isn't necessarily hitting your headlines yeah um, and i really want to, yeah we'll talk about very much the mississippi the panama canal which is an artificial waterway right but let's you know we'll talk about that kind of stuff and we can yeah we can, uh, i think that's a good one for next week um so i'm going to sort of read through some of this email from jessica uh regarding last week's episode i will omit the parts where we we both forgot a whole thing we were gonna said we were gonna do uh (laughs) i'm I'm gonna omit that little portion uh so but jessica emailed me uh us um curious about the impact climate change has on the nutrients in foods Uh, because we talked a lot about flavor changes um and she she's wondering if the changes in flavors are impacted by changes in vitamin and mineral content in the foods. Um, and Eric mentioned the smoke in California impacting the flavors of wines, uh, which she then posits the question uh, if we could have more carcinogens since wildfire smoke is full of pollutants. Um, and she's letting us know how things are going in her garden uh, as of, was that yesterday she sent this to me? Uh, still growing carrots, Brussels sprouts, and her jalapeno plant has six tiny peppers that she's going to try to bring inside. Um, keep them going all winter. Uh, so Eric, you looked into a lot of this uh, yes. with the flavors and stuff. Will you want to so, give yeah, us a first, rundown here? So, yep, the, uh, so we'll start with the uh, nutritional composition. Um, and the answer is yes, absolutely. Um, they found that um, that, cert- that like oranges uh, definitely have a different nutritional composition, different levels of vitamin C and the what called the scurvy fighting vitamins. Uh, the ca- a California orange has a di- very different composition than a Florida orange. Okay. And it's and that's the case. And it also, I mean, even in the same soil, if you don't properly renutrients your soil, you year to year you could have a very different nutrient composition of your tomatoes, peppers, anything that you grow. This is, and we touched on this last week um, about the rotation of yep. uh, rotation. crops and how important it is, and the commercialization of farming has uh, mm-hmm. really uh, damaged, <laughs> you know, yep. what we know of the original of these foods. Yep. And another one, uh, in, in, in keeping on with the theme of the nutrients, and also like having homegrown, locally sourced uh, vegetables and fruits is much better nutrients because. Um, a lot of plants and vegetables that get harvested and sent to the grocery store have to get harvested days to weeks early so they're at peak ripeness when they reach the store, but that prevents them from having all the nutritional value it would get if it was kept on the vine until it reached peak ripeness. Amazing. That's a great question from her. Um, And then also that made me think of an article I had seen this week about um, nanoplastics and microplastics being found in fruits and vegetables. And yeah, we are, they are finding nanoparticle plastics in uh, fruits and vegetables. Um, Apples for fruits have the most. Um, For veggies, carrots have the most nanoplastics. Oh, yep. That's and they upsetting. say it, and it's about so nanoplastics are about uh, one to one hundred nanometers in size, which is like itty bitty. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, 
In comparison, uh, it is a that is a a thousand to one hundred times smaller than your a human blood cell, which also goes back to I, I can't remember if we talked about it on here, but they um they did a bit, an autopsy on a gentleman recently uh, who had an aneurysm and found uh, nano particles in his blood vessels in his brain, Jeez. in deposits of nanoplastics in his brain. So this kind of gives us a common sense answer to her question about um, uh, carcinogens ending up in our food. I think that is a no-brainer. Uh, absolutely, uh, the fires yes. are contributing, right? There are No, they're not actually. Actually, oh. ironically enough, uh, wildfire smoke does not add any carcinogens to the vegetables or plants. They tested uh, oh. 20 different varieties of leafy greens uh, in California after the uh, Santa Monica fires mm -hmm. um, and found they tested for lead, arsenic, mercury, and chromium, which are major uh, yeah, carcinogens that are found in plants and in the smoke, and they found that there was no discernible amounts of or in, increased amounts of those uh, carcinogens in vegetables that were grown well, around I've never wildfire been areas. To be wrong. Okay, thank you, Eric. Oh, I think our friend is leaving the house. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's this is a really interesting episode to read uh, read on uh, research on. Uh, I'll get a word out eventually. Um, and next week we're going to talk about rivers and kind of what's happening around the globe. Um, and uh, some major waterways and, and how we're going to mm -hmm. see uh, sort of impacts come from that. Yep. Uh, again, thank you, Jessica. Um, you are our most loyal listener, I think, at this point. Uh, but we do love hearing from people, and I would love to hear uh, how Halloween is sort of playing played out in you know, your community, wherever you are. I know we have uh, listeners in Canada and Australia, Norway of all places. Uh, what's going on with Halloween there? Um, yep. You can email us at brokenshovel802 at gmail. And if you're a TikTok person, uh, you can find me at brokenshovelfarm. Um, Eric, thank you. Uh, always, a, always a pleasure. And uh, a little depressing. <laughs> thrift your costumes ladies and gentlemen thrift your uh, costumes thrift your, your decorations costume. reuse your decorations year make to year make something yeah like I, I i as a when my kids were growing up I actually I, one year i fully handmade their costumes which was both more expensive and time consuming than oh, oh my god <laughs> i tried I, I made uh olaf and elsa from or no, Anna from my because Marco did not want to be Elsa; they wanted to be Anna. So. Okay. But yeah, it was very much a trying to hand sew and make costumes. It it did not. They they turned out functional. They they from a distance they looked good, but when you got up close, it was wow. Good, good from far, far from good, right? Yes, exactly. Uh, all right. <laughs> well, thanks to uh, everybody listening, and uh, hope to hear from you. And um, if you've got any thoughts on rivers. Um, line. or otherwise uh, alright bye later